My name is Anna Urbari, and you're listening to The Climate Briefing, a podcast from Chatham House. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this bonus episode of The Climate Briefing. Today, we're bringing you a fascinating discussion with Kramril Chowdhury, who is the lead negotiator for the G77 and the least developed countries group in the UN climate negotiations and a member of Bangladesh's negotiating team. Mr. Chowdhury is also a real climate negotiations insider, and he's been involved in the UNFCCC process for almost three decades now. I had the privilege of both meeting Mr. Chowdhury in Glasgow and interviewing him shortly after COP26 concluded about his impressions of the Glasgow outcome. I hope you enjoy listening. Mr. Chowdhury, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you very much. So you've been taking part in the UN climate negotiations for a very long time. What is your impression of the COP26 outcome? What were the most important things that were achieved in your view? As a climate negotiator for the longest time, say 30 years, I have a very mixed feeling about the outcome of COP26. We have been negotiating in climate change under United Nations Framework Convention since 1995, or uh, say crafting the convention in 1991-92 Framework Convention in the year. Then at COP1 in uh, Berlin in 1995. Since then, I have seen many ups and downs. We have aspired from the 77 and China many issues, especially how to cut back emissions quickly, stiffly, to stabilize the greenhouse gas concentration to a level which the mankind can afford, and to have the ultimate objective of the, our framework convention. But we couldn't make tent, especially even after having the Kyoto Protocol in 1997. At that protocol, we have aspired that at least 5% of emissions can be cut back from 1990 level, but we couldn't cut back that 5% emission from 1990 level in 2010-12. So that was an unfortunate part. The Annex 1 countries couldn't cut back that emissions. Rather, they have increased emission from 1990 level. Instead of cutting back 5%, that 5% couldn't be missing. So this time, in a landmark agreement, Paris Agreement, in 2015, we have taken, say, an ambition that we are going to cut back emission at least 40 to 45% by 2030. But implementation is blocked. Implementation, we can unfold Till now, after six years of Paris Agreement signed in 2015. So this time in Glasgow, the world expected more ambitious ambition. The NDCs, aggregate NDCs so far submitted, couldn't deliver that. Only around, say, 15 to 17 percent can be cut back by 2030. 
that is not enough to keep alive 1.5 degree temperature whole regime of pericycle. It was expected in Glasgow, we can agree on a very steep target, more ambitious target, more ambitious indices, but we were squarely failed in that point. Yes, we have asked that by 2022, means next year, we should, eh, every party should revise their indices, come up with a more ambitious indices, targets to cut back emissions. That is not enough. We should have taken more urgent immediate actions, especially after, say, IPCC AR6 assessment report, working group one, which dubbed it code red. So that red alert couldn't alerted us much. We didn't give a heed to that, like other IPCC reports. Science is clear, loud and clear, but we are not responding that fast with that determination that we are going to cut back our emissions from US to China, China to India, South Africa, EU, Japan, Russia, Australia, all these countries should collectively cut back emissions steeply, sharply. And also Article 6 negotiation. There are some progresses, especially after six years of Paris Agreement, we could this time in Glasgow could agree on Paris rule. But there are also still some blue folks, still some, say, black holes in the rule book, in the instruments, six instruments, which are very technical in nature, essential to have a robust rule book. But there we couldn't agree on certain points from G77 perspective, from LDC perspective, we could expect it much more, but our ask was not met by our partners. And that is why in transparency regime, in say common time frame, in also some methodological issues, uh, we couldn't agree on. And market mechanism, non-market mechanism, uh, over there, there are some loose black uh, holes. And also sales process uh, for, from Article 6.2 to Adaptation Fund for 6.6, there mm, we couldn't make much success. But Adaptation Fund is a key for the developing countries, especially for the LDCs and vulnerable countries, climate vulnerable countries. There also we couldn't make a tent. Yes, for adaptation, our partners agreed that they are going to double the adaptation finance. But you know, the base 2019 is a low one. So from that low base, even if you double it, it is not much. It is not at far to mitigation finance. So we wanted quadrupling of adaptation finance, adaptation fund. And adaptation fund under Kyoto Protocol and adaptation fund now under Paris serving Paris Agreement, we could mobilize mass resources. Yes, there are a little bit, say, commitment, replenishment for LDC fund and adaptation fund, which are voluntary one. That is not sufficient to the need and scale of adaptation finance required by the global south. 
southern countries, developing countries, LDCs, CIFs, African countries, Latin American countries, and also climate vulnerable countries. So this is a bare minimum we receive from Glasgow. And also loss and damage. Here also we can make major dent, especially finance for support for loss and damage, climate-induced loss and damage, which we are incurring every day in our developing countries, in the most climate vulnerable countries. So billions of people are on the hook of adverse impacts of climatic changes. We need to rescue them, take off the hook, but we are yet to make that effective dent in the labyrinth of climate finance, in the labyrinth of poverty, climate-induced poverty, climate-induced loss and damages, climate-induced disasters we are having in every corner of this planet. And for adaptation, especially national adaptation plans of the least developed countries, national adaptation plans for the most climatic vulnerable countries, we need a lot of resources, a lot of finance, a lot of investment. Here, we have been told that private sector will suffer. But you know, I know, we all know that private sector is very shy when we are speaking about adaptation. Because this is not profit-making field, front. Mitigation is a profit-making answer for private sectors, but not adaptation. And you know, as I have been uh, saying that mitigation is the best form of adaptation. The more we mitigate, the least we re do require to adapt. But the less we mitigate, the more we need to adapt. And adaptation has also a limit. And when we come to a limit of adaptation, then loss and damage, climate-induced loss and damage kicks off. And we are not supporting either adaptation in a very big way and not interested in loss and damage finance at this Glasgow Conference of Parties. So that is the most unfortunate part. But the positive thing, I am an optimistic person. I think the dialogue is going to be held under, say, Glasgow, Sharma, Sharif, what program? It will not be our talk only, our dialogue only. It will deliver, urgently deliver adaptation, urgently deliver loss and damage finance. That is what we expect. We expect adaptation kicks off in a major way, ramp up of support is most urgent, immediate, and that will help national adaptation plans get implemented in each and every climate vulnerable countries. That is most urgent ask from the global south. And also loss and damage is another, say, grants issue, which we should be resolved with immediate effect. Then also Article 6, where we have failed, that should be covered in our COP27 next year, next hour. That is my earnest expectation of and with that, say, aspirational goal, we, the developing countries, we, the southern countries, we, the least developed countries, 
and climate vulnerable countries are waiting for next bug from here glasgow glasgow is a half glass full half glass empty so that is my initial reaction my response as mm, we have delivered in glasgow i must thank alok sharma co-president and also his team uh, led by orsiya they have done wonderful in even in covid situation yes we face lot of logistical challenges lot of visa issues lot of accommodation issues but all said and done they tried to manage it at least we had a cough over there physically within those limitations within those constraints but all said and done at least we have half glass full thank you that's such interesting insights as you say a lot rests on what happens next really both in this upcoming year and perhaps the year after because we need to do a lot now we can't wait are you hopeful that governments will get their act together in the run up to cop 27 and is there anything in particular that you think could help unlock ambition and accelerated action as i have already flagged that i am an optimistic person and my hope my earnest request to cop 26 president alo and orsi yang your lead negotiator try to hammer and already Boris Johnson prime minister assured that his team will relentlessly work up till cop 27 and try to have more positive results concrete actions over there and those actions i think the egyptian cop 27 incoming presidency will deliver and they, their team will also need to work with very many countries and also president joe biden and uh, john kerry who has assured us couple of times uh, in our informal informal bilateral negotiations which is 77 china chair i had the pleasure to accompany him couple of times so i know that they are also trying to address. yes we know that us congress is not that much positive but hopefully they will also understand the global aspiration worldwide people's expectation and expectation of the scientists the ipcc they have say code red alert and we have to respond and that response we must deliver respond at cop 27 next year and hopefully that will be an implementation cop action cop So you're one of the lead negotiators for the G77 which is a big block of quite different countries from the developing world what were the main priorities of this group at COP26 more specifically more specifically G77 is a huge huge group largest group in the negotiation UNFCCC negotiation 136 countries and there are say african countries asian countries Latin American countries. There are fast advanced countries, fast developing countries. There are also least developed countries. There are climate vulnerable countries. So many groups and subgroups within G77 China. But we had a common denominator. We had a common aspiration. 
all these seven countries. That is unified force around, say, 1.5 degrees. We wanted 1.5 degrees. Gold should be kept alive. So that is our one ask. Then also, say, ambitious, more ambitious NDCs. And also, say, Paris rule book. We should fix the rules for market mechanism and also non-market mechanism. A common time frame. There also, uh, maybe we had some difference of opinion, but at the end of the day, we had come together. Then also, say, transparency regime. Especially transparency of the delivery, transparency of the market, transparency of the finance flowed from uh, developed countries to the developing countries. So those are, and also say adaptation finance, climate finance, and loss and damage finance. Those are our key issues, key ask uh, within G77 China, uh, our uh, aspire. But at the end of the day, uh, you have seen in the hurdles, G77 and say John Kerry, he asked, he asked to make some concessions. As we are asked, if I remember, in 1997 in Kyoto, Algo, he came to us and asked for some concessions, especially in terms of legal regime, how that we can make it a little bit flexible, little bit watered down, so that they can say, convince their Congress to pass it. And in Paris, John Kerry came in and he asked that uh, we shouldn't use the phrase compensation for loss and damage. You remember? And we made that concessions. But you're not going to get that support, climate finance support for loss and damage, climate-induced loss and damage. We expected that uh, it would flow from here in Glasgow, but we are denied that. But hopefully in Egypt, COP27, we are going to get it through that dialogue, through that work program. And also adaptation finance will be quadrupled. And there are also some work program. So hopefully we can also raise the ambitions, the emphasis by 2022, next year, before, say, Egypt COP. Thank you. Mr. Chaudhary, thanks for those amazing insights. It's been great to speak to you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. That's all for this time, but we'll be back soon. In the meantime, please feel free to listen back to previous episodes, which can be found on the Chatham House website, Libsyn, Spotify, and all other major podcast outlets. Thanks so much. Bye.